It's the journey we're on and all of the little things that happen on the way to our goals that really make the difference. We're going to continue with the pursuit. Guess who's back, 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 back again for a second day in a row. Todd, uh, why am I seeing you again right now? <laughs> there is a cloud hanging over this episode right now. I hate to say it because the pursuers don't know this, but we are actually recording this interview for the second day in a row with the same person. First time ever on this show. We fucked up. We got to own it, though. We got to yeah, own we it. Do. We talk about victim versus no victims accountable. Here. That's uh, right. So what had happened is yesterday... We oh. woke up. Oh, it was early too. It was really early for me, at least. Yeah, it was. I, I off was of a bender up. of a weekend for you, man. Ah, oh, I had buddies visiting. We were up till four or five a.m. and I was up at seven a.m. to record this one, just to find out that we actually didn't record at all, but just had a great <laughs> conversation for about an hour. Oh, it was. I, I got to tell you, this guest came over to my house, <laughs> and we had the first time ever we had a guest co-located with one of the hosts. And I went downstairs and I told Heidi, I said. This might be the best episode we've ever had. And then oh. I got a text from you that said, <laughs> I don't think it recorded, dude. Call me. I was like, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. We, we were talking because it was so loose. I mean, having the dynamic of you and Justin together. One, you guys are <sighs> great buddies, so it worked out well. But having that element was so good. It was fun. It felt, honestly, like three guys catching up over a cup of coffee, juiced up to have the conversation. And leaving it, I was so pumped about it. I was ready to dive in. I was so excited. It happened to the recording right away. And just realized there was no recording to be had. <laughs> exactly. And my first reaction was, fucking Anchor app, right? I'm not – yep. I know we should be advertising for the Anchor app. But, but this was one where I, I – uh, first was immediately I was trying to blame someone else. And yep. then I realized, hey, I didn't do my part. I saw when we were recording it that the, the screen on my app looked different than it normally does. Like it does right now. We actually are recording. <laughs> and I saw the wheel of death spinning around and I thought, oh, that's probably still recording. No big deal. Cause it's still the button on the bottom. It said finish recording. So I thought we're doing, we're doing well, we're fine. And I didn't question it. And that's a great lesson. I think we gotta, gotta use some critical thinking skills once in a while and say, Hey, something's not right here. Hold on. Let's, yep. let's stop and make sure and we're actually recording this shit. Yes. If so. either of us would have just called it out. Cause it was a user error. It was on us. Totally. We were both logged into the same account trying to edit the podcast the past yep. and, it just yep. brought us into a conversation without recording, which we didn't realize was possible. We thought that if you talked on this app, it was recording automatically. So that was a good learning for us. But I remember going in and typically when we finish these recordings, it'll have a little pending button and then it's loading all of the audio. It wasn't there. I was giving it some time, <laughs> feeling this cloud of doubt. And I remember <sighs> thinking just, oh, shit. It was one of those pits in your stomach just like, yep. screwed up. What do we do now? I remember sending you the text right away and I knew you were going to be pissed off too. I knew you were going to take it well though. And you actually <laughs> kind of recentered my frame around it. Cause I was in more of the, you know what? Fuck this. Like I was pissed and yeah. I know you were too, but yeah. right, right away you texted back. Hey, we're going to do what's right. We're going to get back on. We're going to figure this out. It's going to be better the next time. Don't hang your hat on it. You had this kind of little pep talk for me and it went a long way. So <laughs> thank you for Me- being a bright spot. You're welcome, man. Meanwhile, I'm in my basement uh, working out like a, badass because i was so pissed so <laughs> i think headband on tossing around some weight <laughs> yeah. big bicep todd 
I was so pissed. But you know what? You got to move on, right? And we got to live what we're talking about every episode, which is, you know, you just got to pursue the process. And so here we are with the process being this is day two of the same episode. And uh, for the first time ever, we get to say that a guest came back two days in a row. Today on episode eight, we've got Justin Galloway joining us as our special guest. Justin is a resident of Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Two things about Whitefish Bay. Number one, it's where I live. So we are <laughs> essentially neighbors. Everyone should know that by now. Uh, but the second part about Whitefish Bay is it's just north of Milwaukee and it sits right on Lake Michigan. And Lake Michigan is going to be a very integral part of this story. So um, that'll be an important aspect of things. I worked with Justin for about seven years during our corporate life together. I remember my first meeting with Justin sitting in the cafeteria of our corporate headquarters, uh, just breathing fire and excitement about my, my new role and how, how pumped I was to work with Justin. And I remember Justin just staring at me like a deer in headlights thinking, what the fuck did this guy have to drink this morning? <laughs> so um, that, that's really what sparked our friendship. And over that seven years, we have uh, gotten a lot closer, actually longer than that now, um, to the point where I actually officiated his wedding. So when he and Carrie were married two and a half years ago, I had the honor and privilege of performing the service, and it's something that I will absolutely never forget in my life. And uh, I thank Justin for that opportunity, too. Um, Justin's likes include, as we're going to find out soon, lake, lake surfing and jumping, for that matter, uh, mullet wigs, and talking about himself. So those are things that you may, you may hear reflected in the interview today. His dislikes include paying full price for anything, uh, togas, <laughs> and gluten. Is that accurate, Justin? All true. Yep. All, all true. Good. Good. Okay. But uh, that's Great not start. why. Uh, that's not why he's on today. We we could maybe uh, infuse a little bit of his uh, displeasure for gluten as we go. Here and it literally was a headline: is that Justin was recently profiled in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel here in town uh, for a goal that he has of jumping into Lake Michigan three hundred times in the next calendar year. Uh, so far, Justin has jumped in as of this morning, right? I saw the floating icebergs on your Instagram. Uh, 115 out of the last 120 days mm. is how frequently Justin has launched himself into Lake Michigan. I've been privileged enough to be a part of two of those days, and maybe that'll come up as we go here as well. But I think the obvious question as we get going here, Justin, is why the hell are you doing this? Yeah, what, what the hell are you doing? Um First, it's great to be back with you guys uh, again. I, I woke up this morning and was genuinely excited to, to talk to you again. I think it'll be interesting to see, like, do we go the same places as yesterday, different places, so that this will be interesting. And I think if it's terrible to listeners, we can always just say, man, that was way better yesterday. So at least we, we have that between the, the three of us. No, you're spot um, on there. But it's, I mean, that the frame up is interesting. So yeah, I think the, uh, I was profiled in the paper here this past week, and I think the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel was looking for a good village dumbass story and they, they knew exactly Nailed where it. to find one. Yep. Um, it's, it's funny. So I've been like in the media three times, I think the last five years, and they've all had to do with either like lake surfing or cold water or, or something to that effect. Like five years ago, my family and I were on Vancouver Island. We were going on like a surfing trip to the city of Euclid. And there's like one highway that goes through the middle of Vancouver Island. Um, 
And there ended up being like a gas truck that jackknifed and cut off the highway in both directions. So we got stranded at a Best Western in the middle of Vancouver Island for like three days. And I got interviewed by the local Canadian news, which was was awesome. There was actually a, a meme going around at our previous corporation uh, of me for a while after, <laughs> after that. I think the headline was like, don't Back. be bummed or something like that. Um, Two, the, the second time was, I think this was like three or four years ago, it was like New Year's Day and I was surfing and it was a negative one wind chill. And the uh, same gentleman who uh, uh, took pictures most recently, me in the lake, snapped a couple of me when I was, I was out there surfing and the headline was something of like, you know, local dumbass out in the water. <laughs> and then uh, the, I think the article they, that they just did was really uh, an extension of, of all that, but it's been, it's been fun. What's your reaction going into the water? So you're jumping in, any routine, what kind of sparks this? How's it start up? I, I think my, my whole mindset, John, going in is one, like I want to go in with good energy. So I love going in in the morning because I, I kind of like do some warm up stuff at home, just get the body moving, blood pumping. Um, so I my whole thing is I want to uh, I don't want to get cold before I get cold. So like try to go in <laughs> with good, good energy. I like it's a very quick disrobing exercise once I'm down there because I want to get in the water fast. And then it's just uh, like breathing through it, trying to stay calm, like soaking into the water. I think when you get into cold, your reaction is you want to tense up. Um, mm-hmm. And I just try to relax, kind of soak into it and, and breathe through it. Well, I, Hoff, I suppose. I can tell you, I'll give you my take since I've done it twice. I'm a veteran of this move. <laughs> the second time I did it, I think the temperature was in the 20s. And uh, here's, the, here's the process, as the Canadians like to say. Uh, we, uh, we, pull, we pull up in Justin's... 2006 truck of the year the honda odyssey right is that what you uh, honda ridgeline 2006 truck of the year. ridgeline yeah. excuse me ridgeline odyssey is that a minivan i can't remember but anyway uh, <laughs> whatever so we, we get in we, we pull up in front of somebody's house uh literally jg and i are disrobing in his car so you got two guys undressing in a car in front of someone's house he's got the heat jacked up to about 85 trying to warm ourselves up as much as possible yeah. you scurry down to the lake and I'm thinking to myself the whole time, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. Like the, the whole like um, National Lampoon's thing. And um, then you throw the video camera on, you do your thing, you t- talk a little bit and you jump your ass in the water. Uh, and that's the hard part, right? Is getting, getting over that mental hurdle of getting in. The best part is getting out. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that process as well. But um, I, I can tell you that uh, it takes a mental uh, fortitude to get yourself into that water at that temperature. Because just the other day, Justin, it was, what, four degrees outside and you jumped in? It was, yeah. I, I think it's um, one part. Like, there's definitely an adaptation component to it. I think your body gets, like, physically better at dealing with with the cold. But there's a big mental part of it, of just, like, mentally you cannot let the cold inside when you are getting in. Like, you feel the sensation of cold on the outside of your body, but you are not letting the cold inside to your your core. So there's there's a mental component to it. But... I, I feel so great when I get out. It must release like dopamine and adrenaline. There, like there, there's an equation yep. I think, or a bit of a chemical release there because I I feel great when I when I get out. Have you gotten into any actual health benefits from it, whether it's mental or physical piece? Um, yeah, I mean it's interesting. I would say like anecdotal. Like if you think about Wim Hof principles, and I'm by no means like an expert here, but it's like one part cold exposure, one part breath work. From a cold exposure perspective, um, I, I've been doing at a minimum like cold showers since, I don't know, probably the last four or five years. And I like, I think I feel good. I've got good energy. But as I've like ramped it up and going to the lake the last hundred days, 
Um, at the same time, I've been playing with like some heavier, like lifting kind of protocols. And I expected to be like way sore, like doing a, a bunch of squats and stuff that when I was younger, I mean, I'm 41 years old, would have like one of those where you, you're like limping going up and down the stairs. And I've like felt really good physically. And I track like my heart rate variability, resting heart rate and on different like a technology and like my resting heart rate has been slowly going down as I started this heart rate variability has been slowly going up. All good Um, things. All good things. So I've like, I felt great that way. Um, The, the breath holding breath work stuff is uh, it's, it's interesting. Like I've, I've gone in and out of kind of that over, over the years. Um, when, when COVID started happening, like I got very religious on it. Like if I'm going to get freaking COVID, I want to make sure my lungs are like iron, like bulletproof. So I, I got like that motivated me to get back into it. But my wife and I did the Inca trail in Peru. This would have been like four years ago ish. And, uh, you know, Cusco is like, you start your journey on the Inca trail in Cusco. It's like, that's 11,500 feet of elevation. Um, and we got, you're supposed to get there like three days prior to, to just kind of acclimate to conditions. Mm-hmm. We just didn't schedule wise. We got there like a day and a half before we had to leave. But anyway, you, you start the trip on the Inca Trail. It's so cool. Just a beautiful experience. But the, the route we took, I think the highest elevation you get to is just under like 14,000 feet. And the the guide trip we were on, probably the, the day we were going up that mountain, we were at like 12, 5, 13,000. And they went and they took everyone's uh, oxygen via a pulse ox. So they just wanted to check to make sure everyone was in a good, good place. And the benchmark of success was like, are you at like low 90s, 90s, somewhere in there that, that, that was fine. And so they were like going around taking everyone's oxygen. And I had been like subconsciously like doing the, the breathing stuff as much as I could the, the whole trip. And I was like super curious how this was going to play out. So anyway, the our Peruvian guy took his oxygen. He was at like 95 and everyone was like, whoa, okay. So he gives me the pulse, pulse ox and I was at 97 and this dude was floored. I, I was floored, but I think that's, that's my best anecdote I have on some of this like breathing breath work stuff, paying, paying dividends. So you, you can do a lot of shit to improve your health. Why, why did you choose to jump in an ice cold Lake 300 times out of 365? Like what led up to that decision besides the health benefits of that? Because to me, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah it's a good it's a that's a good reference oh, that's just me. um man i mean i started on kind of like a healthy habit journey i would say probably 12 10 years ago of just ex- experimenting with different things kind of physically and mentally um i stumbled across this book what doesn't kill us by scott carney in like must have been 2016 and that kind of exposed me to uh mental physical benefits of you know, cold water, breath, like all the, the Wim Hof stuff. So that kind of kicked me down a path. Um, but then more recently, like I just was observing, man, every time I go to the lake, uh, I just feel better getting out than I do getting in. And for me, it almost turned into this like forcing function of connecting with with nature and just being very present with um, the, the, the lake, uh, getting in, even how... Um, like how my body's reacting to it, especially when it's really cold, that sort of like keeps me coming back. So this whole like challenge and what I'm up to is like less, man, I think my heart rate variability is going to go down this many points, or I'm going to be like the biggest badass in Milwaukee because there's other people doing this in a much greater sense than I am. But to <laughs> me, this is like connecting with a lake on a, on a daily basis. And I just have better days when I do it. And you had it's a chance weird. to connect with a, a lot of great lakes over the summer. 
You want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I did. How'd you know about that, Todd? Yeah, uh, just a random question I heard heard about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's if you look at just timing-wise, I, I, I don't know if anyone's heard of this, but um, there's this uh, trip I went on with, uh, we, we kind of branded it as Five Guys, Five Days, Five Great Lakes. I may have messed up the order. Five Days, Five Great Lakes, Five guys some, something like that but you, you something like that yeah we really like hard on the branding there okay <laughs> um but so todd and i helped uh kind of orchestrate this this journey and uh we hit all five great lakes in an rv with um a total of you know three other three other friends and it was just this amazing experience and each lake we saw was different um like it was its own experience in yep. its own way and we got back from that at the end of like August. I started this mid-September. And so that was definitely a kind of a point of momentum, I think, get, getting into this uh, as well as coming off of that journey. Yeah, I, I will never forget that first jump into Lake Superior. You know, we went went due north right out of uh, Milwaukee in that RV. Uh, uh, none of us had ever driven an RV before. So I think we were all a little bit shit in our pants on how we were going to maneuver this thing across the Canadian border and you know, feeling a little bit anxious about the journey. But I remember kind of that all going away that first morning when we jumped into Lake Superior around uh, Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore. Ooh. And just the natural beauty and the, the, the water and the freedom and the adventure that that, that, that's, that, that experience gave to me. And I didn't, I didn't want to get out of that water. I could have stayed in there all day if we hadn't had other things to do and to get, out, get across the border. So I, I guess in some weird small way, I can, I can relate to what you're talking about with the experience with the lake. I get the sentiment, but I might call bullshit that you could have stayed in that all day because I heard it was pretty damn cold. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it, it was, was August, dude, because Superior is not warm. Yeah. Man, we we caught like a magic moment yes, we though, did. that that morning. We were the only ones at the beach. I mean, we had to hike. Yep. I think it was like four miles to get in there. Yeah. So we're like, you've got five guys like changing into their bathing suits in the middle of the woods and hoping no one sneaks sneaks up on us just to you know envision what that looks like. <laughs> but um, we, we we get down to the beach and. You know, Superior can be super gnarly on Sundays, and it's also can be super cold. But it was calm, clear, like warm in quotes. It was just, it was, it was a magic morning. Yeah, really you touch on the feeling coming out of that. Um, I mean, it, there's. If I comment on Superior specifically, uh, like Todd hit it a little bit. Like there was some uh, unknowns on that trip of, do we know how the hell to drive an RV? You know, uh, I think we found out an insight the first night that you turn your lights off when you're backing out, when you're backing into when a spot. It's, when it's midnight. At night. Yeah. Um, right. So, you know, it was, it was learnings, but so there was like this, that was our first jump. And there was like a, I think some heightened awareness and some excitement about that. And I, I had been to Pictured Rocks before. I don't think the other guys had. So it was no. like, I was excited to just, you know, show other people this cool place that I, I had been to. Um, and so there's just a lot of euphoria that this was the first one. We still had four other lakes to hit on, on our journey. Um, and so it was just really neat. Another lesson we learned, too, just in case anyone's wondering, uh, as these pursuers are learning about maybe renting an RV, when you have piss leaking out the bottom of your RV in a uh, parking <laughs> lot in Canada, you probably it's time to empty the shitter, just in case you're in case you're wondering. All a part of the process. <laughs> what's, what's that? What's that smell? It smell it kind of smells like piss out here. <laughs> oh, what's that leaking? Yeah, we. Oh my goodness! Really, really smart. I yeah, feel bad put, for the cars that park next to us. I really do. Put it together oh really quickly. So yeah. you're bouncing around five lakes, five guys, five days. That screams yep. adventure. But now you're on this journey of its same lake, and yeah. more than five days in a row. 
Yeah. Does it have that same sort of adventure? Does it feel the same thing going in each day? Uh, it does, man. It's uh, like I'm genuinely excited to go in like almost every day. Um, but it's it, like yesterday, uh, I, I remember getting out and yesterday was just like another kind of one of those magic days where you've got these like slush masses that are sort of just gently floating in kind of a, a cleanup swell that was coming out of the northeast the sun was out. So it's just like the, the ice and the slush is almost glowing on the lake. So one, just like going in that and this is going to be like super crunchy, but like, like absorbing oneself into the slush in, in the ice was like a moment in itself. But then like getting out and just sitting with um, kind of the lake and the experience for a few minutes afterwards, it was just like a privilege to uh, participate in, in the moment. Um, so I, I've seen some, some cool things like i've seen two double rainbows there's an mm -hmm. eagle that's uh floating around i guess flying around Milwaukee. <laughs> and i've seen uh, a handful of times i think we've, we've got to name the eagle um i've seen like steam you know rising off of the lake uh given the temperature difference and really like the warmth leaving the, the heart of the lake so it's just been so neat each day is different and uh you never know what you're gonna get so there is uh, kind of a sense of wonder and adventure that that's come with it. When you go in a lake that many times, does this lake kind of take on a life of its own, like a personality? Like, do you feel, you must feel a different level of connection to it. Um, for sure, man. I mean, having surfed in the lake a, a bunch of times, there's, I think that helps develop your connection to a body of water because you need to, become one with the body of water for it to like work and kind of pay, pay attention to the cues it's giving you in order to, um, to catch a wave and the the going in each day and becoming present with it and just kind of observing how it looks different. Um, I don't know. It's just, I, I learned something new from it each day. Like this morning going in, I, and I even, I think put this in my, my message this morning, like there was an edge to the lake today and that maybe that was me, but like my energy going in, but the, like the, the sky was dark. It was kind of moody. The slush had like crystallized on the edges. So like getting in and out, I'm like, I'm, I'm chafed on my chest from like walking <laughs> through the, the ice, ice pieces. Um, it was just like, there was a different energy. And again, maybe that's what I was bringing to it, but it, it there's definitely days where it feels different. We were probably pissed off about having to do this two days in a row. It's probably where, where it started. But. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yesterday was such a magic moment coming out of it. And then here, yeah. here we are again. Got here we are. To talk about. Yep, exactly. <laughs> But this this is not your first time making a big, bold commitment like this. You've done other things in your life um, in terms of exploring different ways to live your life, different, creating different habits. Where did that all start? And then maybe talk about some of those habits you've, you've created as a result of that. I mean, I think life is about, uh, you know, moments and compelling events in, in many ways and uh, obstacles. And I think one... Uh, one big one for me was I, I, I got divorced. It would have been, um, heck, 10, uh, 10 years ago, nine years ago, so somewhere in there. Um, and that was a, uh, it, you've got a, I got married really early out of college and um, your whole kind of, your identity is become sort of your relationship in many ways. Of sure. my, my identity is like, I'm, I am married. Uh, I am a dad. I've kind of fit under a you know, prototypical like view of, of, of someone in a family. And then th that identity gets, gets shaken. Like you're, 
I'm now divorced. Like that, that feels different. I'm no longer like a dad. I'm a like single dad. There's all these different things I'm trying to like find for myself. Um, so that was definitely like a moment in life where I had a bit of awareness of, uh, one, I've got a, I can go down two paths. Like I can, you're going through tough stuff. It's really easy to take on, uh, unhealthy habits and kind of distract yourself from, from what's happening or yep. try to take on healthy habits and, you know, build something around it. Um, and so I mean, mean I recall having like this conscious awareness of, all right, I want to take on healthy habits, set myself on a good path. Um, and so that set down the trajectory of, I like, started with like doing some obstacle races. I started experimenting with, um, like food and kind of trying different things and observing how that that made me feel um, started taking on different physical challenges. And then it just got, you know, curious kind of physically, mentally, and it's taken it's manifested itself into like I took off a year of drinking, just uh, kind of as an experiment to see what that was like. I got up at 4am every day for like three months to see what what that was like. And you know, this 300 days is sort of like another extension of that of continuing to experiment and learn and see what works. Yeah. I, I think both of those other habits and even the one jumping in the lake sound terrible to the average person, myself included. Um, and you would do those on your own free will. Uh, but what, what have those things taught you about yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I, I feel like fairly comfortable that if I'm, if I commit to something, I'm, I can follow through on it. Um, so there's like been a, it's definitely a confidence building on just my personal resilience, like um, be, uh, the ability to take on like mental challenges um, has been um, has been great. So th those are like probably a, a couple of the, the, the primary things. I had some other place interesting that I thought I was going to go and I just it probably came out yesterday beautifully. But, <laughs> you know, there's only yeah, so many times a lot better yesterday, man. Yeah. Yeah. How does that personal confidence build lead to momentum that then seeps into other areas of your life? It's, it's interesting. Like if I reflect back on my myself and my own journey um, at, at a certain point, I kind of let go of expectation around like performance almost in, in certain things maybe as, as bad as that sounds like the freedom to take on new things, uh, beginner's mindset without, the expectation of like, man, I got to be good at this. Mm. And th there's a lot of freedom in that for me of, I don't need to finish first in an obstacle race, but I want to finish it. And I want to learn how to surf because I enjoy the process of it. Even though I'm getting my ass kicked most days, like it's still, I'm, I'm pursuing the process. How about that? How about um, that? Oh, baby. There it is. Yep. So there's, there, there's that. I would say, oh, I don't want, I was going to circle back to you. The other thing I've learned is, um, like th I think there's a bit of a, a science or hacking, like setting up goals for yourself. So we all talk about, or like in, in business, you talk about smart goals and it's what specific, it's measurable, it's attainable, it's, uh, relevant and Realistic, it's, uh, time bound, time, time bound. Yeah. Um, I think we, there should be like a P on either end of the, so I don't know if it's P smart or smart P, but like making a goal also public there's a, a big element of that, um, like as a, as a forcing function and kind of surrounding yourself with a community that one hopefully is supportive in your journey, but that you feel like an asshole if you don't follow through on your goal. So like the, the drinking thing, the, 
that was like a very visible challenge because you're going out with folks and before like you were having a beer and now you're not like, Oh, actually I'm taking 12 months off to as an experiment. And people are super curious about it. So if I got like four months in, it's like, Oh no, I just, you know, that wasn't for me. That, that sucks. I didn't want to feel that. And so that that's been kind of a learning for me as well is I think you can uh, hack getting stuff done by also publicizing what you want to do. Yeah, it reminds me, actually, the, the book I brought up a couple episodes ago, Power of Habit, Charles Duhigg. Check it out if you haven't already. Changed my life. This whole idea of a habit loop, cue, routine, reward are the three things you need for, for a habit. But there's a fourth element to that, especially for big life-changing goals. The example, and, and then that aspect or element is, is really around inspiration um, and, 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 and kind of uh, finding a, a kind of a, a, a bigger calling, a, a higher calling in terms of what you're trying to do with that habit and making it public is one way to do it. They gave the example of Alcoholics Anonymous and the religious aspect of that program and people tapping into their spirituality as part of creating those habits and making that uh, kind of the sustainability mechanism. So I think what you're saying, Justin, is, is, is perfectly aligned to that. Another way that I've seen you do that with this habit and jumping in the lake is making it more public through social media. You are not a big social media guy before this 300 day challenge started, but every day you've jumped in, you've had some documentation of it. I've been uh, proud enough to, to be a part of two of those, like I said, but I think that's another aspect, right? Where you're holding yourself accountable to, to doing it and creating a community from it. Uh, yeah, totally. It's, um, I mean, one, the, the lake is highly photographable. It's very like shareable, like nature is very shareable. So it, it lended itself very well um, for me, but th there is a community aspect around it. And I think we talked about this before, but there's that old anecdote of you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think the natural inclination is, well, who are the five people in like my physical presence or that like my, my friends that I'm talking to most? But I think you can also kind of hack that average of your five by who are you connecting with on social and are they making you better and are they making you worse? You know, what kind of media, podcasts, books are you consuming? And so if you've got like a new interest or something that you're trying to um, give yourself uh, support around, you can kind of hack that by depending what you're tapping into. And, and social has been a, a cool element. And like I'm not blowing up in there by any means, but it has been really neat to see there's folks all over the world like jumping in random cold things every single day. And uh, some of them you start to form like a bit of an identity with and like seeing them do it's, it's awesome. So, um, you know, there's probably a lot of pros cons to social, but this has been, <laughs> this has been a, a good one. Well, we are trying to get you a Carhartt endorsement. So I, I really hope, you know, that, that works out for you. Cause that's the brand of hat that you continue to wear every time you jump in, it seems like. I would say, man, my, my product placement has been pretty tight with Carhartt. Um, <laughs> so my face may be below the water, you. but the yeah. logo is just sitting right yeah. there on top. You're not on brand, though. You're too crunchy for them, I think. I I, try I, to that, that could Maybe if I grew out the beard again or I wore a flannel going in, then, uh, then it would connect. <laughs> Outside of the media presence, another huge part of community is clearly family and your kids. Uh -huh. What do they think about dad doing all these crazy endeavors right now? Yeah, it's... Um, it's fun. So actually, my, my oldest son participated unknowingly in the first jump when I started counting. So Trey got in at number one. Uh, I think my daughter and youngest have gotten in a couple of times, but they they think it's amusing. Um, and they're, they're definitely more supportive than not. Like my wife will kick my ass out the door if it's like a couple of these jumps have been I couldn't get in in the morning. So like I'm getting home after work 
it's five thirty, six o'clock. It's freaking dark outside and it's cold. And it's, those have been the, the toughest ones. It's like cold, dark. And I'm going down there by myself. It feels like, you remember Blair Witch Project, that movie, like how it's filmed. I'm taking a video and like, this looks so freaking janky. <laughs> um, but I, nonetheless, I, uh, I ended up in, so she'll, she'll kick me out the door, but they're, they've, they've been supportive. And like, we've tried to integrate the kids into some of this resilience stuff. Like they've, they've learned how to surf. You know, we get them in Lake Michigan as much as we can um when it gets cold out like we'll do random stuff where you want to watch more tv you got to go stand outside in in the cold barefoot for 60 seconds and you'll practice breathing through it you got to run around the house barefoot um before you can go back in and do whatever you want to do so that may be you know kind of kind of fringe but trying to get, get them to practice it as well uh some of this stuff you know you talked about carrie and her role in this and kind of kicking your ass out the door once in a while when you didn't feel like jumping in the lake or maybe going back to some of your other commitments, kind of keeping you grounded in and committed to those. Um, on the flip side, what has been incredibly powerful to watch is the partnership that you have with her. Uh, you talked about your life experience and going through a divorce, but you also had a you know, really tough situation a few years ago where Carrie was diagnosed with breast cancer at 42. And um, you know, how, how does that shape your, your views and, and kind of how you, you look at your role as a husband and dad? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, that was a, um, that was another life shaker for, for sure. Um, just going through something like that, um, definitely reinforced like the, the healthy habits component. Yep. Uh, it definitely reinforced the, um, you know, I just went through a job change as well. And, yep. um, we spend a lot of time like kind of analyzing how I spend my time and where do I really want to spend it and what kind of things do I want to spend it on? Um, so definitely a reinforcer there. Um, and it also, I mean, honestly, could connected us into some shared experiences around like health experimentation. Like when she was going through chemo, like we did a very strict ketogenic intermittent fasting kind of diet experience. And I, you know, I did that along, along with her. Um, you know, we ended up, this was pre-cancer, but got a barrel sauna in the backyard. So like we've been doing a lot of that just in terms of detox stuff. So, um, I, I think that that moment was, it, it was easier getting through it. I think given some of the, the healthy habits we had and just being, you know, supportive of, of each other, but probably more reinforcing than, um, you know, radically changing. Yeah. You know, let's, let's hit that barrel sauna now. That's perfect. Uh, segue to, <laughs> to that. Um, it, uh, I, uh, I'll never forget the video that I saw that Carrie posted on social media when you pulled a, uh, six person barrel sauna on a trailer into your driveway and the song roll out the barrel was playing to the video. It was a perfect, <laughs> perfect montage, um, and, and video representation of, um, what you were, what you were doing and investing in. Certainly that's a part of this whole therapeutic process of jumping in the lake. You do make that frequently a part of, uh, you know, I call it the reward. If you want to stick with the habit loop, right. Like getting to jump in the sauna after you've uh, basically shrunken your testicles in, in Lake Michigan. <laughs> um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just curious, um, you know, that, 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 uh, investment you made and the fact that you have done something very unique and interesting just continues to reinforce the curiosity that you have and trying uh -huh. to, um, make, you know, your life interesting and, uh, therapeutic, but what is, what, what is the role of the, uh, the barrel sauna in this process? Man, I, I love that barrel sauna. Like <laughs> there are, uh, every time I get in there and it's like, you know, it's a buck 60 buck 70 is like, Oh my gosh, I just, I, I adore this thing. Um, it, it was, uh, 
it was a sanctuary for us. Like last winter when it's like long, cold, oh, yeah. dark, COVID winter, you're not going anywhere. Like there's a nice panorama window, panorama, panoramic, either way. Um, yep. You can see out the back there. So there's, and we've got a lot of like the lights in the backyard. So it was just love, um, love the sauna, but uh, the, the sauna came out of kind of an interesting place. And um, it's, there, I think there are like moments in life where you feel like, man, it would be really cool to do this. It'd be really cool to do this. And it was, that was a, it was starting to explore a little bit in terms of hot therapy, thinking, wow, it would be really cool to have a barrel sauna. I would want one on wheels and found a dude in Canada who was making these, called him and it just like, all right, we're doing this. And, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks later, I'm meeting this guy at a Home Depot in uh, Detroit, Michigan with a envelope full of cash and crossing my fingers that this thing all works out well. Um, but it's been it's been magic for us. We love that barrel sauna. I wish I could get in every day after the lake. It just doesn't always sequence that way with you know, work, kids and all that stuff. But on the weekends, for sure, that is a uh, hot, hot, cold with with purpose. <laughs> you got to heat up somehow. <laughs> yeah, man. You talked about your relationships being grounding. How has being connected to this broader cause and to nature on such a humbling level been grounding for you in your life? Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what this is all about for me is, as, as mentioned, kind of that this forcing function to, to get outside and, and connecting to it. And I, I struggle with this. It's like it's a very easy. You just caught up in the what needs to get done next, um, what's going on at work like planning, 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 um, and getting out of that and just getting into the present. And n nature is really uh, awesome at that, especially when you're exposing yourself to like surfing is great at that because you need to be in the present in order for it to work. And I think cold exposure is, uh, is similar. I can imagine it's tough to be in any place but the present when you're freezing your ass off in Lake Michigan in January. And before we get off the goal topic, I do want to wrap back to one of your prior goals. You touched on giving up drinking for an entire year. Can you touch on what that taught you about your relationship with alcohol and how you went about that process? I went and analyzed like, all right, I've been like drinking on a semi-regular basis since my freshman year of, of college. Yeah. And I looked at like, how many days have I been either drunk or hungover in the last X? It was a lot of, it was yeah. a lot of days and maybe that's okay, but maybe, maybe it's not. And so figured since I've been a grown up, I've been drinking on a regular basis a year is not going to, isn't going to hurt. Um, so that's what started it. And what I wanted to get out of it was truly just observe how it fits in my life. Is that how I want it to fit in my life? And um, then make a decision kind of afterwards of, do I reintegrate it? Or is this just how life should be? And I, it was hard. And observed a lot of like small things in terms of you talk about habit loop in a, in a way you mow the lawn your reward is having a beer uh -huh. uh, you work out the reward is having i had a lot of rewards built in on having a beer here or there and also had as a um i think a social coping mechanism like a comfort zone if you go to a party and it's just what do you do you pound beers and that mm -hmm. feels comfortable yeah. so going through that was like the lake is learning to be, you know, comfortable and uncomfortable, not drinking for a year was also comfortable and uncomfortable because there was some remapping of habits in a way. Yeah. Uh, but coming out the other, so one, I enjoyed the experience. I, I slept awesome. It was like a different pace of life for me. And I actually 
like what I took away out of it is I took last winter off of drinking. I'm taking this winter off of drinking. And mm-hmm. uh, that's where I landed was for me. And this probably isn't for, for everybody, but and maybe it's just my degenerate friend group, you being one of them. There's <laughs> like some, some moments that feel just amplified with the aid of alcohol, like yes. us floating down a river in Asheville in mullet right. wigs right. with a bunch of beer for my bachelor party in jorts was like amplified because of alcohol <laughs> arguably and there's like other no. moments like that experiences yeah. where alcohol is part of an experience and so i wanted to allow alcohol continue to be part of experiences but didn't want it to just be i'm gonna sit around on a friday and let's just call someone up and let's you know drink a bunch of beer for no reason then not feel great the next day i wanted to get rid of that kind of stuff yep um so that's where kind of what i've learned and where i landed yeah, so interesting you say that because I, I don't think I necessarily have it in me uh, to take a year off from drinking, but I, I have started to document how much I am drinking as mm. at the turn of the year. Just a little thing I put, I write, I write down the days that I drink and how many drinks that I had, and what I've found over the first, what's the day today? I don't even know. Like the seventeenth, seventeenth. Okay, so the first seventeen days, I've actually drank less, I believe, because I'm I'm keeping track. It's mm-hmm. and it's not like I necessarily I'll skip days. I will definitely skip days, but mostly that's at home. Socially, it's still tougher. But then I socially, I maybe won't have those one or two drinks at the end of the night that I would have had otherwise. And I'm not feeling as shitty the next day, which is really, I mean, to your point, that is one of the things that I am less and less tolerant of the older I get. And um, so I think it's interesting. You took a whole year off. I think even just bringing it to the forefront and even thinking about your relationship with alcohol and, and how much you drink can even change your habits in a small way too. Totally. And I, another thing that's been, I would say it helped, like, so I think you're writing it down as an interesting enabler, just kind of growing, um, forcing awareness around yeah. it. Yes. Uh, I've started, you know, I've been wearing this whoop app now for a couple of years, oh, yeah. which tracks all these different yeah. things. JB's and so I noticed like if I'm, if I drink the night before my, Resting heart rate, heart variability, like sleep sleep quality, it tanks the next day. Like I go red zone really quickly. Now I I can bounce back, but it's uh, like data supporting what you're like physiologically doing Mm -hmm. to yourself, which I think aligns with your idea. Like, hey, I'm just writing this down. It's just another element of awareness around alcohol. And it doesn't mean you don't do it, but I'm trying to be more purposeful about where I want it to fit in life. One other point too that every time i see your instagram posts of 115 now it is out of 120 i think god it drives me nuts that you missed five days like i would want to <laughs> i would want to start over because the type uh-huh. a you know goal-oriented guy would want to do it consecutively so why 300 out of 365 and why did you leave yourself that room and and kind of grace to not have to jump in every single day yeah i mean uh it's that whole i guess p-smart concept so 300 is uh it's specific it's measurable but it came down to like what, what's attainable for me mm-hmm. I, i've got a demanding job i have got to travel for business on occasion i've got a family that's going to want to travel away from lake michigan probably at some point i'm coaching basketball i've got kids going to different school like there's just there's a lot of moving parts so i needed to give myself just some personal buffer so this didn't turn into like a stressor there's just going to be some days i'm not gonna be able to do it yeah. and there's also I've seen just from surfing in the lake, there's times when the lake ice is up and it could be not safe getting in and out for me. Um, there, there's another dude who's, he's almost like done 600 straight lake chumps, yes. which is 
amazing. So huge props for that guy. Um, but for me, like 300 was big enough. Like it's a clean number. It rolls off the tongue versus like 306 or something. 300 feels clean. <laughs> um, but it was mostly that that attainable piece. It was the it was the A in, in PSmart. It's kind of like five guys, five Great Lakes, five days, right? That's, Some, that's, that's great right. branding. Great that's branding. Right. That's that's it. That's it. So what, where do you go from here? So you're going to get through the 300 days. I'm sure you'll exceed your uh, your smart goal there. Where where do you go from here? Is it is it um, another big lofty goal? Is it keep doing this? What is it? Um, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, I think it could play out a, a couple of different ways. I I definitely want to like reflect on this experience once it's done, and perhaps upon reflection, this is just how, what works best for me, and I should just be going in the lake every day because I have better days when I do it, and maybe I'll just keep rolling with it. Uh, maybe I'll, it'll turn into some, something else. I, I, at this part point in the journey, I definitely see this being, um, part of my life in, in some way. And it was, it was before anyway. Uh, but I will, regardless of, uh, how it sticks, I'll be looking for something, something else, kind of the next thing, just, to stay curious, you know, stay, um, keep myself interesting as, as best I can. I think you're a prime candidate for keeping it interesting because I've enjoyed a conversation two days in a row with you. So thank <laughs> you again for hopping on back to back here. Yeah. So you definitely have a lot of nuggets of wisdom and the curiosity just exudes from you. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, somehow you wove in some different anecdotes than you did yesterday. And um, again, I, I will say the same thing uh, that John said. And I'll, I'll maybe reinforce it with your comment about you being uh, anyone being the average of the five people they spend time. I am blessed to spend a lot of time with you. And I think um, you definitely increased my average for sure. Um, and it's through your curiosity. It's through your ability to um, take risks, to put yourself out there, be willing to fail, something that I struggle with. I have learned a lot. It challenged me to think differently in a lot of ways, um, in some very quirky ways and um, some very uh, significant ways as well. Um, I think you reinforced too this adage of the best things in life, maybe with the exception of the barrel sauna, are not things. Mm. And I think your experiences, your focus on, um, you know, self improvement, being a great dad and a great father, um, are all things that I've taken away. And and I I'm just lucky to be your friend. And I appreciate you being on and sharing your story with others because I think others will feel the same way. Oh man, um, right right back at you, Todd. I mean the our friendship has been uh not to get too serious here at the end but uh, really <laughs> another another uh, life uh life privilege um so it's um what you guys are doing here is, is awesome i think it's cool that you guys have taken this on you're doing a great job and it's been an honor being on here twice even though it's really going to be once <laughs> you're our first two-time guest <laughs> and so yesterday i was the first uh on-site like live guest with Todd today is, right. is virtual but so multiple firsts here happening I'm God. pursuing the process pursuing the process there were a lot more Canadian jokes yet. shout out there, yeah, there were yeah but Canadian I friends. needed to get one in there we do love Canada you guys just play with my emotions here yesterday was the FOMO piece you guys are buoying up the brotherhood going on now you're bringing a tear to my eye talking about the relationships <laughs> I just I just don't know how to feel right now shit know, goes man. deep I'm pursuing the process it really does it happens quick. goodness Barnsley, are you a little uh, less groggy today, though, than you were yesterday? Well, yeah, you guys woke my ass up at 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I feel less groggy today, yes. Well, think about, think about him getting up at 4 a.m. for three months straight. Yeah, that that's true. Been. It puts it in perspective. <laughs> it, it does. It does. Justin, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate you being on. Um, it's been an honor and a privilege, man. All right, guys. Appreciate it. See you, buddy. Catch you later. All right. See you.
man, I always love talking to Justin. It is such a fun time to, to hear his perspective and his anecdotes and just the way that he finds opportunities to continue to push the envelope on his habits and his commitments and this whole smart P idea. Um, I've known Justin for a decade and he continues to challenge me constantly on ways to live my life and ideas to think about. And I know we've talked a lot about curiosity in previous episodes. I think he's another one who shows genuine curiosity every single time we interact and I learn a ton from him and I'm so just flattered that he would be a part of the show. Um, but JB, I've known Justin for 10 years. You just got a chance to meet him through this, uh, through this podcast. What's it all about for you? Well, you actually teed it up kind of nicely when you talk about how Justin challenges you to think different because what's it all about for me is challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Justin has this unique way of kind of tinkering with different habits, finding ways to hack his own physiology to test his limits. I mean, getting up at 4 a.m., giving up alcohol for a year, this cold plunge idea. One, I'm all for it because I love the challenge of cold water, cold therapy. I actually practice a lot of what he says, but it really reinforces this idea of challenge yourself. It makes you grow. It makes you understand your own limits because I think often we set these false limitations on ourselves. And until you push past it and set some audacious challenge, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, and you hold yourself to it, that's discipline and challenging yourself makes you grow as a person. So the takeaway from Justin for me is challenge yourself. One thing I do love about Justin is he's assembling quite a list of uh, disciples. And I think, John, you're, you're quickly becoming one of them. I have a couple other <laughs> friends who have met Justin recently who have developed quite a man crush on Mr. Galloway. So I think yeah, I'm going to put you in that camp as well, which totally understandable. I'm actually going to admit now that I have a little bit of a man crush on him as well. He's, he's an awesome <laughs> guy and uh, somebody that is a pleasure to be around. So. Oh my gosh. Uh, the five, the five great lakes, five trips. I'm going to botch it, but I think you guys botched the branding of it as well. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We got to get there. that down. But even hearing that trip and how he is such a pioneer for taking you new places and you talk about the superior jump. So cool. So very, very cool. And for those listening, pursuers know that in this second take, there weren't quite as many Canadian jokes. We threw in a few <laughs> sprinkles of reference because take one, there was a lot of Canada jokes for whatever reason. So the process and the Canadians and the barrel sauna. So if you picked up on themes of that throughout this one, you're onto something. Well, that and was I got I got first take. I got to add something. We have some advanced analytics around this show and we know uh, which <laughs> countries our, li- our pursuers are coming from. And there's not a single pursuer is listening to the show from Canada. Now what there the may hell? be some Canadians in the U S listening. So I don't mean to offend anyone, but I do think we have to attract a Northern audience, John, as we go through this a little bit more. So if you have Canadian connections, hit them up, tell them to subscribe, <laughs> like follow Facebook, Spotify, Apple, wherever you are listening. Pursuers, thank you for being along for this one. Try to. We appreciate you all. Much love. We are out.